Haley Atwell to like carry him out like in a an officer and a gentleman. <laughs> like he puts her hat on and <laughs> I have to imagine that's where most of the special effects budgets for that movie for those movies go is making Tom Cruise look not short. Yeah, I think he goes to the same lifts guy as Robert Downey Jr. That's likely. Um, I'm going to try this again. Hi, and welcome to an Afternoonified Mini, a podcast about Tom Cruise. Yeah. I don't know. I I wouldn't want to hang out with him, but he seems fine. Um, eh. I guess we, we've technically introduced the uh, concept of Camp Afternoonified last week. Yes, technically. So welcome to Camp Afternoonified. Um, welcome back, campers. Is, the, is this going to be a thing? I don't know how into the theme we're going to get. <laughs> I mean, I've already... I mean, we, as into any theme as we usually do, which is kind of when we feel like it, I guess. That's, when and if we feel like that's it. That's fair. I mean, we have the shirts and the merit badges, so I feel like we're already yes. ahead of the game. Uh, as of this recording, I haven't finished the merit badges, but you bet your asses you'll be able to buy those stickers. You better. Uh, we're going to have a, a campfire, but not the kind of campfire where Sarah searches uh, scary stories on Reddit. Not yet. This is like night one campfire. We gotta ease you into it. This is can't scare the kids on the first night of camp, or I guess the second night of camp. <laughs> this is a four night camp. Uh, <laughs> we fit a lot into those four nights, though. Um, have I told you about the nature walks from the outdoor school that I used to go to? You have not. So we're going to talk about s'mores. By the way, uh, another food eventually a, a small food history episode. But first, we need to hear about Emily's weird hippie school okay not what that is uh so first i guess i will explain the concept of outdoor school because i guess you don't have that in the midwest um i am sure we do so basically outdoor school is uh a week in the spring or whatever time of year um when i think in this case it was fifth graders get taken out to a camp for a week where they learn how to like read compasses and build shelters and identify shit and like that kind of stuff. It's yeah, that's not a thing we do. We went to Lake Carlos for like two days. Weird. Okay, did some snowshoeing. Uh, it's not a thing that every school does. My mom just happened to work at a a pretty remote uh, school district that that did this. Anyways, so on the second to last night of camp, the counselors who were all high schoolers, so literal children leading children. Yeah. Um, they would gather the campers in the lodge and then take them out in groups to do a, a after dark nature walk. And I knew this because I was also younger than all the campers, but my mom brought me every year. So I was like a tiny, like expert. I was like a seasoned veteran. The campers didn't know this, but I did. The counselors who weren't leading the groups of children were hiding in the woods with like rain sticks and like noisemakers <laughs> And one of them would always dress up in a gorilla costume. Oh, my God. So. Such a dick thing to do, but in the best best way. Yeah. So there'd be, like, sounds and stuff. And um, at the end of it, there would always be a Bigfoot sighting. <laughs> I love that. So that's not what this is. We're saving that for the last night of camp, which we will have another campfire. <laughs> this campfire, we're making s'mores. Yes. Very wholesome activity. So yes, as as part of our month long camp afternoonified series, and my refusal to let go food history episodes, um, and chocolate, 
Uh, we're going to talk about the origins of the top-rating campfire treat that is not a tube filled with meat. <laughs> I would say s'mores definitely top hot dogs. Really? Yeah, just at least personally. Well, for no, me. it's like a favorite. I will definitely take a s'more over a hot dog. But in terms of like general popularity, I think the weenie roast has a, a, a an international uh, leg up, where the s'more is more of a localized. Yeah, fair. I say I can't. I don't think I've ever roasted a weenie. Really? Yeah. We'd have bonfires, but we always did like s'mores. Have you never been camping? No. Oh my god. Sleeping up? No, absolutely not. I will never go camping. <laughs> I have nothing against camping as a concept other than I know it is not for me. We need to get you like a trailer or something, like a tent trailer. I would do like a nice RV <laughs> or a van. What about a yurt? So like I could I would maybe do a yurt. Okay. Like a sleep as long as they didn't have to like pee in the woods. Oh no. No. There was like an outhouse. So the campsites generally have like full bathrooms. They don't always smell the best, yeah. but I mean, I have been to one where it was literally just a hole with, like, a concrete, like, toilet above it. But, you know, no, I won't. I also will not camp anywhere where there's not, like, a physical toilet. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, showers, debatable. I can go a couple days without shower. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're camping. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Just pack the good deodorant. Um, so, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We've gotten really off track. We've been recording for ten whole minutes. In the beginning, marshmallows were a health food. They were even everything was a health. Food. They were considered medicine, and not in like that bullshit influencer food is medicine way, which it isn't, by the way. Um, that's a different episode. It was literally like marketed as a as a health. Well, marketed is. We'll get into it. Uh, the original marshmallow, or Althea officinalis was a swamp plant somewhat resembling a hollyhock. So, like, kind of a reedy... It's a swamp plant. I, I don't know, like the plants you find in swamps. Yeah. A, a marshmallow plant. I I had no idea... I had no idea marshmallows came from plants. Yeah, they've got, like... I thought it was a lot of sugar and gelatin. We'll get into that. Um, but, yes, the, the marshmallow was a plant. Don't worry, humans fucked it up. Or made it better. Oh, it really great. depends on how you look at it. So... Um, it, it's native to Europe and West Asia, and early civilizations, including the ancient Greeks and Romans, used the root and leaves of the plant for medicinal purposes, uh, often to help with inflammation and as a laxative. You know, n neither of those make sense. I'm sure, like, it was a thing. But, like, if you think of it, like, on the, like, the most basic terms, I can't think of anything more puffy than a marshmallow. Or more sticky. <laughs> I, well, and really, if you think about it, m most plants uh, can be used as a laxative if humans aren't supposed to eat them. <laughs> uh, in the Middle Ages, chunks of marshmallow root, and it's two words, marshmallow. Marshmallow. I always pronounce it marshmallow in my head because that's how I remember how to spell it. Uh, so the roots were candied to make something called suckets. Oh my god, marshmallow, because it comes from swamps. Dumbass. <laughs> Anyways, the roots were candied to make something called suckets or suquets. That's a terrible name. Uh, S-U-C-K-E-T-S. So suckets sound. Um, they were the medieval version of cough drops. Oh. Huh. So as of right now, it's just like roots and, and leaves. So there's no like candy element. Uh, so naturally, the French were the first who marketed marshmallows as a treat as opposed to medicine, 
Uh, they combined the sticky white juice from the root of the plant with eggs and sugar that was beaten into a thick foam uh, until they formed a soft paste that they uh, molded into various shapes and called it pâté gumov. It sounds delightful. It's a marshmallow. Yeah, but like a fancy marshmallow. True. Uh, this treat was expensive and labor-intensive, meaning for a long time it was a treat only the wealthy enjoyed. Rich people food. As was most food in France. Yeah, just food. <laughs> <Much> of- <laughs> uh, towards the end of the 19th century, however, gelatin replaced the juice from the actual plant because it had similar properly- properties in stabilizing the egg foam, but was also way cheaper on account oh. of being made from animal hooves instead of a plant that had to be gathered. That's what happened to Clever Hans. Are you? He, Clever Hans was not made into marshmallows. You don't know that. Nobody knows that. He's a war hero. So the marshmallow, as, as we know it, has no marshmallow in it. It used to be made with marshmallow, but now it's just sugar, eggs, and gelatin. There you go. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It's not made from plants anymore? Yeah, like I'm sure the plant version was fine too, but yeah, yeah, it's not really something that I, I think about too often. Um, no. So by the night or the 1890s, uh, according to newspaper reports, marshmallow roasts were the latest in summer fads. "Quote: The simplicity of this form of, am- of amusement is particularly charming," reads an article from 1892. One buys two or three pounds of marshmallows, invites half a dozen friends, and that is all the preparation required. I, I, other than building a fire, but it, whatever. Oh, yeah, that is kind of the hard part, I imagine. Although I, I guess it was the 1890s, so everyone had like fireplace or whatever. Oh, that's true. You're kind of just surrounded by fire yeah. if you wanted heat. So The proper means of consuming marshmallows, the author of the article adds, was to nibble them directly off the end of the stick or off the end of your neighbor's stick which may be why the author also called the marshmallow roast, quote, an excellent medium for flirtation. Mm, yeah, I can see it. Because when you can't, like, flirt like normal modern day people, you got to do, like, weird, weird shit. substitutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of flirtations in the 1800s, where there is a boner, there is a boner killer lurking nearby. <laughs> Some of you that have been around for a while might remember the name Sylvester Graham and his opinions on how food should taste you mean sylvester graham of graham cracker fame it's almost like you know what we're talking about almost uh in the early 19th century new jersey presbyterian minister sylvester graham believed that humanity was on its way to moral collapse due to an obsession with quote carnal desires which i mean was he wrong he's not wrong but like there are other ways to fix it uh, he also believed that the food we were eating greatly contributed to the um, uncontrolled lust. I mean, all that sugar in those marshmallows. In your, in your flirting with the marshmallows? This is actually 50 years before the marshmallow. Oh, maybe he, maybe he was just ahead of his time. He claimed that a simple steak dinner with wine could, <laughs> and this is according to an 1847 writing, quote, increase the cons... Conspicient excitability of the genital organ. So, I mean, wine makes you horny. As such, he promoted a special process of baking using only finely ground unbleached wheat flour, wheat bran, and coarsely ground germ. Um, And out of this came a bland, dry cracker that he named after himself. 
the graham cracker, also a bland dry cracker. <laughs> uh, so needless to say, Sylvester Graham would have shit his breeches if he could see what we're doing with his crackers now. <laughs> They're still sticky and melty, Emily. <laughs> It's like after he died, someone who, like, worked in the graham cracker business was like, he's not around to complain anymore. Let's put some sugar in it. Maybe dip it in honey. (laughs) So I assume at this point you know where I'm going with this. And also, I'm not going to go over the history of chocolate again. So just pause. Go listen to that. And then come back. (laughs) Go listen to our hour-long episode about chocolate. And then come back to this mini. Um, So there are a few potential precursors to the version of s'mores that we know today. Uh, There were Victorian funeral cakes, specially prepared upon the death of a loved one, which sometimes included chocolate and marshmallow. (laughs) We knew a long time ago that this was a confectionery treat, and we probably have the French to thank. Also, we've been covering stuff in chocolate since chocolate's been meltable. We uh, understood that you could just put chocolate on stuff. (laughs) It's not like a hard concept to grasp. Um, no. So other potential inspirations include Nabisco's Malomar, uh, which first made its appearance in Hoboken, New Jersey in 1913. Uh, that was a graham cracker cookie topped with a blob of marshmallow and covered in chocolate. So, ah, yeah. Very close. There's also the classic Moon Pie, which was two graham cracker cookies with marshmallow filling dipped in chocolate. Um, and those first went on the market in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1917. Hmm. So we're getting close. Emily? Mm-hmm. I'm starving. Yeah, I had a little piece of chocolate before we recorded because I knew this was going to happen. I want a s'more so bad. Um, So a a s'more recipe appeared in a Campfire brand marshmallows cookbook, which I got to see that fucking cookbook. Just marshmallows. (laughs) Uh, It's just like Rice Krispie Treats, s'mores, uh, sweet potatoes. Um, The salad you make that has the the jello with the marshmallows in it. Ambrosia? Yes. Yeah. Not a salad, it's a dessert. Uh, dessert salad? Dessert salad. You need to do a mini on the Midwestern salad. I want to know how we as a people got here. I I will do a mini on the Midwestern salad. It's for our cookout series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the fried chicken uh, episode ready as we speak. So uh, a s'more recipe appeared in Campfire Brand Marshmallows Cookbook in the early 1920s, where it was called a graham cracker sandwich. Uh, however, the recipe text indicated that the treat was already popular with Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. The first official recipe for a s'more came out in the 1927 Girl Scout guidebook, Tramping and Trailing with the Girl Scouts, Um, though it was called by its Christian name, Some Mores. Because you always want some Some more. (laughs) The guidebook was meant to give advice on how to be a good Girl Scout, and aside from camping recipes included tips like how to build 12 different kinds of campfires, uh, other hot tips like always ask your parents before you go hiking, that kind of stuff. Good advice. I never went camping with my Girl Scout troop. I never got to be in the Girl Scouts. That's also probably why I hate camping. Yeah, I had, a, I had a fun time. We did a lot of crafts. A lot of crafts. I don't know if we had any Girl Scout or Boy Scout troops in my area. We just had 4-H. Well, that makes sense. Uh, I did yeah. technically, I went to Girl Scout camp for several years. So I didn't go with mm. my troop, but I did go to survival camp two years in a row and then horse camp. This explains a lot doesn't it? <laughs> I can build a lean-to out of ferns and twigs. It's just not something that comes up often. Here's the original recipe as listed in the guidebook. Uh, you need eight sticks, because it's for eight Girl Scouts. I assume the uh, standard troop amount. That makes sense, because it's probably like a good package full of graham crackers. Yeah, so eight sticks, 16 graham crackers, eight bars plain chocolate, 
uh, Hershey's or any other of the good plain brands broken in two, and 16 marshmallows. And the instructions are, toast two marshmallows over the coals to a crispy, gooey state, and then put them inside a graham cracker and chocolate bar sandwich. The heat of the marshmallow between the halves of the chocolate bar will melt the chocolate bit. Though it tastes like some more, one is really enough. That's completely incorrect, Girl Scouts, but I do appreciate the joke. Oh, we'll talk about some more preparation in a minute, because I I have some notes. (laughs) Um, It's unclear when the name was shortened to simply S'more, but various Girl Scout publications referred to it as some more until at least 1971. Uh, Since its inception, the s'more has become a staple treat for campouts, barbecues, and hopelessly drunk 20-somethings who use tea lights to toast marshmallows in an act of desperation during finals week. That doesn't seem specific specific at all, no. Definitely not something you pulled from your own experience. No, definitely wasn't drunk and panicking. Uh, So while s'mores are more popular in the U.S. and Canada than other parts of the world, that doesn't mean other people aren't literally trying to trump our flavor. Uh, To quote Wikipedia... In the UK, the lack of graham crackers is easily improvised with digestive biscuits with a slab of Cadbury's chocolate. Chocolate digestives have a major advantage when lacking a piece of chocolate. Contemporary recipes can substitute other foods such as potato chips, Nutella, and Peeps for the classic ingredients. If you do any of those things, with the exception of Nutella, you are dead to me. Yeah, you're going to hell. That's a sin. Um... No, like I love a good digestive. Don't like, don't get me wrong, but no, it's too thick. Yeah, too thick. Like too. No, absolutely not. It just would not be the same at all. Cadbury chocolate is too nice. Yeah, you can't use the good chocolate. You need to use like cheap chocolate. I, I know that the the recipe that I just read said any of the good plain brands, but like this is where you use the chocolate that's a dollar a bar. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I have put Nutella and marshmallow fluff on a graham cracker before just that's reasonable i'll accept that it turned out better than my toasting a marshmallow over a tea light thing because what drunk emily didn't really consider is it was a scented tea light uh no thank you yeah yeah mistakes for me you you can just you can't just put them in the microwave it's not the same but it gets the job done uh i had a gas stove (laughs) i could have just toasted it over the fucking stove yeah, but that would make too much sense, and you were drunk. It's tr- So for s'more preparation, the original recipe has you doing a whole bar of chocolate, two marshmallows, and like a graham crack- like a full graham cracker on each side. Yeah, that's two s'mores. Yes, that's two s'mores. Um, I, uh, personally, do have a graham cracker, one marshmallow, and then three little rectangles of chocolate. Three. Interesting. I usually just do like the half bar because it it just like is the right size it's the right size i found that it's it's a little too much that's fair um so i'll usually like use half a chocolate bar for two s'mores unless i'm feeling real sassy but i would (laughs) i would prefer to spread out my chocolate over many s'mores than like eat a whole bar in two s'mores more marshmallows yeah, it does change the, like, ratio a little bit, which I can see being a good plan. Yeah, the marshmallow is actually my favorite part. Like, the chocolate's pretty good. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, like, a huge graham cracker person outside of the, the s'more, but I love marshmallow. The graham cracker is for texture. The chocolate is just, like, a little sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. The marshmallow is the filling. It's all about the marshmallow. Yes. Yeah. Well, because otherwise, 
like it, it stops being special because you need the fire and stuff to make the marshmallow. So, like that's the event. That's the part you have to prep. Anyway, that's the history of the s'more. I so desperately want a s'more. Um, we got these little like they're called like Belgian cookies or something, but it's like a not very sweet like biscuit cookie situation with milk chocolate on top, and it like hits the spot. Oh, interesting. No marshmallow, but more than anything. And you could improvise, like the Europeans. I don't have any marshmallows. This is also my problem. I also don't have any graham crackers or Hershey's. I mean, I have chocolate. Don't get me wrong. I have chocolate, but not the kind I would be putting this more. Yeah, I I have a Tony chocolate-only bar that's technically just milk chocolate, but also it's too thick. It's got to be thin. Yeah, and, like, that isn't the kind of chocolate, like, that's the kind of chocolate you want to enjoy, like, a nice glass of whiskey. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the whiskey I drink. I like it with a nice seltzer. Mm. Delightful. Uh, yep, so that's, that's night one campfire. Now you know how to make a s'more if you're not from the U.S. And in two weeks when you come back, uh, we can all make s'mores together while we listen to campfire stories. Ooh, that would be fun. Get, just get a box of s'more Pop-Tarts, uh. (laughs) I was going to say, also, like, that would, that would be the worst thing to eat on Mike, probably ever. I'm going to say the worst thing to eat on Mike would be astronaut ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you, ha- you you raise a strong point. <laughs> it's It's got a texture that does not sound pleasing to the ear. And it just dries your mouth out. Thank you for coming. We'll see you uh, next week's uh, session. What, what do they call it? Like... I don't know. I've never been to camp. camp. Segment. It's been a while. Activity. Arts and crafts hour. Activity is probably, yeah. We're taking another we, trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do field trips and campfires at this summer camp. <laughs> this is going to be great. We've we've used this to workshop our summer camp thing. So when we go back and do the episode that they've already listened to, we'll have like a grasp on it. So we'll just sound like raging mm-hmm. morons in this. <laughs> As we always do. It's true. Uh, Don't forget to pick up your camp t-shirt and merit badges. And uh, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This is As Above, So Below.